0: Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, guys, welcome to the Red Light Report. Today, I'm excited to bring on a holistic biologic dentist, been around in his neck of the woods in Portland for many, many decades. He and his practice celebrated their 20th anniversary. And Dr. Kelly J. Blodgett is the man behind the scenes here. He's redefining the modern dental experience. And over the past 20 years, he has created a practice which is recognized as an international hotspot for dental tourism. He attracts those who seek a holistic and integrative biologic approach to their oral health. Through his weekly Toxic Tuesday and Wellness Wednesday social media posts, Dr. Blodgett shares truths not commonly discussed in the traditional dental settings. His post series illustrate his patients' incredible journeys back to health, along with providing best practices for predictable oral and systemic health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Blodgett. I appreciate having you on. And again, congrats on that 20th anniversary you just celebrated. Thank
1: you so much. We're just thrilled, you know, to have made it a couple decades into this. I'm super excited to be with you today and talking about photonic energy, man. This has been kind of the wind beneath my wings since I first started my practice, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, we probably have like a dozen different laser and light emitting devices in our practice now. And it is a literal daily part of how we care for people in a dental setting.
0: That's what I love to hear. So you're clearly... Ahead of the curve, and like you said, we'll get into other treatment offerings that you have in the practice. But before we, you know, hit the ground running too quickly, sure. let's kind of lay the groundwork for what's the difference between, let's call it, an allopathic dentist and a holistic dentist or a biologic dentist, uh, whichever term you prefer. And tell me, is it more so a holistic dentist or a biologic dentist?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'll start with the, the first part of that. You know what's the difference between the traditional approach and the more integrated biological approach? Quite simply put, I just look at it like the way I was trained in dental school, which was a good solid training to get out and help people, was more symptomatically driven. You know, you're looking for are the gums inflamed? Are there holes in teeth? You drill, you fill, and that's that. And you're only treating the the symptoms primarily. What I've become trained in over 20 years of this is more of a systems approach. And I've come to see things commonly enough, you know, like when you remove dead and infected teeth and a person's skin breaks out, or they get a titanium implant placed, and they subsequently have chronic tinnitus or something, you know, there are connections throughout the body. And by and large, we're just trained to ignore it. One of my favorites is people get a root canal or multiple root canals done on teeth that might be on their stomach meridian, and suddenly they're having digestion problems. And of course, you know, they don't think to go to their dentist and ask if there's a connection between those teeth that they just had killed, and their their new symptoms uh, with their gut, they go to the gastroenterologist who puts them on pills. So our practice focus is looking at how might things that have happened in the mouth be playing a role in their overall systemic health. It is, I just got reminded this week of just how far off the beaten path this is. I mean, I made a post about a woman this Tuesday sharing how after she had had breast implants placed, she started experiencing tooth symptoms on a tooth on her breast meridian. And of course, you know, if your tooth hurts, what's the solution? Kill it, right? Get a root canal. So she did. Subsequently, Would this be true for every human? Absolutely not. But this is her truth. And this is what she tells us. So she gets her breast implants out 10 years later. She's still not recovering. Of course, she's got a severely infected molar at this point. And literally, like, as we took the tooth and the infection out, she observed an energetic shift as she's sitting there in the dental chair, such that she just came into tears. I mean, it was quite an emotional experience. And she has felt like on cloud nine for two weeks now. We sent the tooth out for DNA analysis, severely infected. She feels like she just won the lottery, you know? So I was posting her story of how she got to feeling so poorly. And then the wellness Wednesday post was, this is what she's telling us that she's experienced. And I got more, for lack of a better term, hate mail than you can even imagine. Like people at four letter wording me, I mean, just how dare you say this? You're a liar, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, you know, it's just unbelievable when you make statements, or in this case, I'm not even making statements. I'm literally telling a person's story, how people are so, they're ready to discount another person's truth. And of course, that's such a huge part of why we're in the state of emergency of health these days that we are. It's, we believe our truth is the only way. We want everybody to fit into our box instead of being critical thinkers. We are blessed daily to care for people who want to have answers. And really, we're just there to listen to their truth. And I find it quite empowering for the individuals that we treat when we are present and just listen. They almost have this energetic sense of, I already know my own truth, but nobody's here to help acknowledge it. We have a team of remarkable individuals. It's literally taken me 20 years to build this team, 15 of us on the team now. And every one of them is a caring, loving individual. And it's pretty special. But it's been a lot of hard work to create it as well. But we are honored uh, to spread the message, you know, with helps professionals like yourself. And I really appreciate you asking me to talk about this because I think it's really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And like you were alluding to in this day and time, in this allopathic model, we've all been raised in and brought up. And again, we're kind of in this box where we think, you know, that's the way and anything outside of that box may be considered maybe esoteric or woo-woo or just like there's no way that can work. (laughs) Like how could light possibly heal me? how could you know removing the breast implants possibly help my health? And so, yeah, you're a pioneer in your own right. And Portland is absolutely lucky to have someone like you build up that practice taking decades of your life to build it up to what it is today, which sounds pretty darn special. And it sounds like you're basically attracting people who are interested in optimizing their health through more holistic approaches, if you will. So again, congratulations to you and I imagine you get a lot of people that just travel from out of state or around the country to come get treated. Right. by you, guys.
1: you bet. And, you know, you, when you think about it, I mean, we've all been maybe when we were kids or as adults with our own families, like we will save up so much money, spend so much energy and make so much effort to go to a place like Disneyland or Vegas or I mean, you you name it. Right. We We can just blow through money. Yet we've been trained to think like, well, you know, every dentist is the same. And of course, when you commoditize yourselves, that are our, our main variants of differences that are prices, it's like, well, that's really not a health value proposition. Yeah. So I think it's twofold. One is that we do acknowledge that things are connected. And I will say that because dentistry or, or oral health, may, maybe said more generally, oral health is this redheaded stepchild of healthcare, right? For every profession, I, I have found anyway, med school, naturopathic school, acupuncture school, you name it, there's almost literally zero education at all about the, the mouth. And it's weird because in dentistry, you know, we spend the first year talking about nothing but systemic health, all the anatomy and physiology, biochemistry, and microbiology, blah, blah, blah. And then conveniently, as soon as we start getting into clinical care, we just don't talk about it anymore and all the focus is on the teeth or the gums unless of course they have a heart issue and then well we will acknowledge in that state that you know you might die of a heart issue if we don't give you antibiotics or something so it's like this weird mindset right of what's connected and what isn't but anyway yeah we have a lot of folks who fly these days because they realize geez louise if i'm going to spend a few thousand dollars on fixing my oral health What's another five hundred dollars for an airplane ride and a stay downtown? Despite the things people have seen in the news about Portland in the last year, it's still a lovely place to come visit. You know, I mean, Willamette River flowing right ten blocks from my office. It is still a great place to come see, particularly in the spring, summer, and fall. So, yeah, we're we're very fortunate. We have a lot of people who put their health first, and I will say. We are often the last stop on that train ride for people, right? Like they've tried everything else until they finally get to a point where they've listened to a great podcast like yours and they realize like, oh, wait a minute. You know, like I have had five root canals and uh, I had all my wisdom teeth out and I was sick as a dog afterwards (laughs) and they start adding things up. So, yeah, we're pretty fortunate to be available to help folks like that
0: like you're alluding to, the mouth isn't isolated from the rest of the body. It's all very integrated. And you're clearly cutting edge with what you do in your practice. I was just looking through your website briefly. And some of the things that popped out to me that I hadn't even realized could be offered, for example, is like the oral cancer screen. And that little device looks pretty darn interesting. And then you're promoting that you do minimal invasive fillings, this smart mercury filling. Biological tooth restoration and the safe root canal removal, which I got a lot of questions on when I asked my followers yesterday. You know, if you had one question to ask a biologic dentist, what would it be? A lot of them were about uh, root canal removals and things of that yeah. nature. So I'd love for you to kind of touch on you know a couple of those and and kind of say how you utilize them with your patients. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, let's talk about the cancer screening thing because and why? Because we're using light. Here we are talking about light, right? I mean, I can remember back in high school when they asked us, like, if you had to research one thing for a living, uh, what would you do? And and at the time, you know, of course, like freshmen in high school, I have no idea what I want to do. And uh, I remember researching optometry because I thought, how fascinating is it that our eyeballs and our brains can receive photons and make sense out of it? It's just mind boggling. So, anyways, um, this Velscope—it's a, a device that came out in, I believe, it was 2006. I had just moved into my building at that time. It was kind of a funny thing because they they came in and said, "Hey, we we know you'd be interested in this sort of thing. Nobody in Portland had one yet." And I'm like, you know, I just went so severely into debt, and they bring this piece of equipment in. But once I saw what it did, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we got to have that. Let's figure out how we can make this happen. But you know, you're emitting a blue light into the mouth, like visible blue light, which as it goes through the top layers of cells, it will reflect off of the basement membrane of tissues. And then you're actually looking through a filter, which allows it to look green. Healthy tissues kind of have this green glow about them. Let's say you bit your cheek. And so the basement membrane gets damaged. You'll see darkness. Or, you know, if God forbid there's actual Tissue pathology at the basement membrane where it's just potentially a cancerous type of thing, it'll look dark as well. We can attach cameras to it. We can take photographs of what it looks like. We can compare before and afters. It's more of a screening tool, right? Not diagnostic of anything, but a, a non-invasive screening tool. And so, yeah, we've had that stuff for 15 years and, and do that, you know, for patients annually, just as a screening device. So that's one great use of photonic energy in the practice. Things like using materials that are as biologically uh, reflective as possible, of course, has been a part of the practice for 20 years, which I should mention, you know, just because it's a white filling doesn't mean it's biologically compatible with all people. Let's say there are some cars that are known to be more predictable than others. There are certain companies and products that are more predictably designed and more healthfully designed than others. And that's true whether we're talking fillings or dental implants or whatever. And so we do take into consideration the bioindividuality of our patients. Something that we have been implementing more recently is doing blood analyses for, well, there's a test called BioComp. For years prior to that, we would use like a Clifford Labs test where it can analyze the materials of literally thousands of products in the dental world. Cause if you're going to put it in an area, you know, you're going to put foreign things in an area where your mucosa is constantly absorbing, you want it to be as biocompatible as possible. So that's something you can look into. Specifically getting to the root canal removal technique. And I will say like a little over a year ago, I finished a two-year program in integrative medical dental training. And we all had to do a project. And I chose, as luck might have it, to investigate how to create the healthiest environment in the jawbone so that you can regenerate new bone and gum tissue predictably, right? Because the analogy that I often use is to help explain what a root canal tooth is like before you take it out. We know that the root system of a tooth is completely porous like a sponge. So the minute that you remove the immune system connection, the blood supply, the lymphatics and the nerves within that tooth. And you fill it in with a gutta percha, right? And whether you fill it or crown it or whatever, the sides of that tooth are literally an open sponge system and microbes start making their way in there. And uh, studies have shown that within 30 days, the entirety of that thing is loaded with microbes. So thankfully, you know, if your immune system is re- in reasonably good health, it's going to combat that and manage that slow influx and, and you don't have any symptoms and it's fine. But over time, what we see with almost all root canal teeth is that eventually the bone says, okay, enough. Kind of like uh, lung tissue to chronic smoking, right? I mean, eventually, for most people, it'll go, I've had enough. And so in, in the jawbone, that looks like bone starts to run away. And you'll develop these abscesses and cysts and things like that. And again, bone is porous. We've got these little lacunae holes within that tooth socket that... It's absorbing away those microbes and trying to clear it away. But again, once it becomes overwhelmed, that's a problem. So if you just take the tooth out and you leave everything else inside that's all gunky, well, how's that going to heal? And of course, it does not. Even though the soft tissue will close over the top, you're literally closing in infection. So what I considered, and I have been collecting data on this for years because I'm an absolute geek when it comes to getting tissue to heal well one of the first things I looked at is instead of just grabbing a tooth and pulling it out, what if I used a laser again, light in this case, an erbium based laser. So it's highly absorbed by water to ablate the gum tissue where the tooth meets the gums. So I want to get rid of that lining of epithelium so that I expose healthy fibrous connective tissue underneath. Right? So I did some analyses to see like, well, how many bacteria are there before I laser and how many after? And I was able to show that you can absolutely sterilize that environment, right? Which is pretty cool if you're going to put your own LPRF cells back in there. So we know that works. You get the tooth out, you have to remove all the soft tissue pathology. And then we use a mixture of sometimes you have to thin out that dense wall of bone, which I do almost always, because you're exposing more of the fluid flow within the bone. You want good blood flow. Coming into that space so it can heal. We treat it with ozonated water and oftentimes ozone gas to help kill off the bacteria. And while we're using the ozonated water, again, I can use that pulsed erbium based laser to send shockwaves through that into the bone space to help irrigate it out effectively, right? There's so much marketing with laser companies around doing the exact same process for root canals. So their argument is. We're able to totally clean out these root canals, which again, within 30 days, it doesn't matter. But for bone, you can use those shock waves to help irrigate the bone so that you have healthy blood flow. You're relieving as much of the microbial absorption as possible. And then we stuff it full of patients own what's called LPRF. So it's a concentration of your clotting factors and your immune cells, right? White blood cells. So we stuff that in there. Within seconds, things start to reconnect because you've got your own blood flow, you've got your own LPRF, things start to reconnect. And as long as people leave it alone, they heal. And and you'll love this, right? Part of our immediate post-surgical protocol is to do photobiomodulation. Right now, we'll either use an 810 or a 940 nanometer diode with red light. And we send every patient home along with their homeopathic remedies and all that with a Medlight 630 unit, it's not the fanciest red light in the world, but it is a device that they can use, you know, once in the morning, once at night, help get some red light photonic energy in there to decrease inflammation, amplify their own ATP production, you know, just get energy in there, right? So that things heal. And I got to tell you, I don't remember the last time that a patient said, yeah, I had to take, you know, five or 10 narcotics. They just don't take any of it. And obviously there's a lot of steps that go into making sure that they have a comfortable experience post-surgically, but I have found, I mean, I've, again, I've been taking teeth out for 25 years between the LPRF, the ozone and the light therapy. I got to say that combination. And then of course the homeopathics and all that, which is also energy, those main three things, the ozone and the lasers and the LPRF, man, people heal so well. The beauty then is that within three to four months, they can pretty much do whatever they want. I don't have a preset notion of like, oh, well, gee, if you had a tooth out, you got to have an implant. Frankly, I don't care. You don't even have to replace your tooth. You know, you could have a removable partial. You could do a bridge if it's appropriate. I mean, we oftentimes will come up with weird, wacky, creative ways to replace teeth, especially in the aesthetic zone. Like maybe we'll just create a fake tooth that we can glue to the other teeth. I mean, we're only limited by our creativity, right? So yeah, that's kind of the process there. And, and people will, they do travel quite a distance uh, because they really, and understandably, they want the energy restored in that space and along those energetic meridians. So when they get home, they're, they're feeling great.
0: That's pretty darn comprehensive as far as holistic and biologic dentistry is concerned. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And so along oh. those lines, obviously cutting edge for your patients, what do you do? On a daily basis for your own personal oral health care? Yeah,
1: good question. You know, and I'm glad you asked actually, because it kind of speaks to like I've had my own health issues since high school. Like I <laughs> remember developing skin symptoms, you know, which was itchy as all get out. And it wasn't until I was maybe 19, I was in college and found a dermatologist who did a, a biopsy of what, you know, one of these things. And he couldn't tell me exactly what caused it, but he said, this sort of skin reaction we do see commonly in people who are gluten sensitive. And I'm like, you know, 19, I'm a psychology major. I'm like, what the hell is gluten? So mind you, I'm living in a fraternity eating pizza pasta and drinking beer. And I'm like, I can't eat what? So of course I went the allopathic route. You know, he says, well, you know, you could just take these Dapsone pills, which I didn't know any better. And I probably took those for 15 years, you know, and finally, I remember looking up one day, you know, as the internet has developed and there's information out there, I was like, I wonder what the mechanism of action of this stuff is. Come to find out it's unknown. I'm like, okay, that's, that's not good. So I have now been religiously gluten-free for 15 years. And that works for me. Since I stopped eating gluten, I was able to get off the DAP zone. You know, I take no medications. You know, I take supplements based on the advice of my functional nutritionist that I work with. It's a struggle for me. And I'm sure you find this as a small business owner too, like to make the time for fitness and all that. And I've got two kids and and I'm at work super early every morning. Probably that's the one thing I struggle with is making time for myself, particularly as I've developed more of an online presence. But I try to eat healthfully, you know, if I'm not working out every day or I'm not able to get on the bike every day, you know, then at least I can start with a gut, which I think is a wise choice regardless. And we were talking earlier about the the new Novothor bed that we put into the office. If I'm at the office, I'm going to spend 12 minutes in the Novothor bed, either before patient hours or after patient hours. We've had that. It's been about a month now. As a part of the root extraction protocol, the other thing I didn't mention is we offered all of our patients now, they want to do some IV vitamin C. We can absolutely do that either right after or the next day or both or, or even the day preceding. And we are more than happy for, you know, as a part of the protocol, let's get you in the Novathor bed, particularly if we can do it before surgery and after. So using the advantages of vitamin C and uh, red and infrared light for the whole body recovery, we do those things. So I practice those things myself, right? I'll even take a vitamin C IV once every like week or two. It works for me. It's such a rarity that I get sick, you know, despite all the, the things
0: I got going on. So is the vitamin C specific to oral health or just for overall like immunity boosting and overall health?
1: All of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you think about, oh, the old phrase limeys, you know, like they used to call the the English on the boats limeys, you know, because the awareness of scurvy came about because these people would get on ships for you know months at a time, not have any access to vitamin C and the collagen within their bone would start to deteriorate. And they would lose their teeth, right?
0: Hey there, guys. So I know you're excited to learn about red light therapy, but I'm betting that you're also interested in finding a high-quality red light therapy device. Well, look no further than my company, BioLite. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the thousands of customers that have come before you and have chosen BioLight because of its unprecedented combination of high light power, low EMF emission, and low light flicker. So you're not only getting the most effective treatment option, but the safest as well. And there's many sizes to choose from. There's handheld devices, tabletop models, and even full body panels. So there's definitely a size to match your lifestyle and health and wellness goals. As an added bonus, you can claim a $100 value gift at checkout when you use coupon code Podcast. Just go to www.biolight.shop, choose whichever device is going to match your health and wellness needs, and use coupon code Podcast to claim your $100 gift. Again, that's www.biolight.shop.
1: So probably six years ago now? I had a patient ask me if I had read the book, Curing the Incurable by Dr. Tom Levy. And I was like, no, I haven't haven't heard of that. And she hands it to me. She says, I think you'll like it. Read this. Okay. Which it's a fascinating book on the history of vitamin C and all the ways in which we can use it. And the hundreds of studies that have shown all the systemic benefits it has for amplification of healthfulness. So it's something that, you know, we use, we have a number of dental hygienists and dental assistants who are you know, licensed phlebotomists now so that we can offer that. We actually created two new rooms now, which are kind of like just this super chill IV room with zero gravity chairs with massage and all this. So like when you're wanting somebody to heal, as you know, like if we can get them into a parasympathetic state, that's what we have done. We've literally created a space within my building, which is cut off from the rest of the building So, the sounds are different, the look is different, it's super chill. People can zone out with their IV vitamin C, then hit the Novothor, and they feel like a million bucks. So, yeah, it's it's partly the oral environment, but it's also we want to help their body recover from the trauma or experience that they just went through so they can recover
0: well. And within this kind of holistic biohacking health and wellness space, it seems that oil pulling, which has been around for I don't know how long, but probably a long time is oh, becoming more and years. more popular amongst mm-hmm. this crowd. So I'm just curious, yeah. do you use that? Do you advocate for it? Or what are your thoughts on oil pulling?
1: Yeah, well, and, and I say this over and over to my team, right? Like we learn more from our patients than anybody else. And, and it's through our patients that I even heard about oil pulling. Same thing as that book. Personally, I don't you know, use oil pulling as a part of my routine, but we have a number of patients who do, and they swear by it. And you can't argue like if their mouth looks pristine, you know, I'm like, keep doing what you're doing. I love it. It's kind of like, you know, my wife might love to run and do yoga and I might love to get on my bike and and lift weights, you know, and are we both working on fitness? You bet. Just different ways of doing it. They're true with tongue scraping or, you know, do you brush your tongue or do you use a copper tongue scraper? You bet. Like whatever works for you. If it's helping you to maintain a good homeostatic balance, keep doing it, right? But we have a lot of people who swear by it, especially like coconut oil. I hear a lot. Make sure you spit it in the garbage can, though, not in your sink or it'll harden later. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of people that dig that.
0: Totally. And on the flip side, what are some common everyday oral health tooth products that people should consider discontinuing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So let's say you've been a, you could be Crest or Colgate or whatever, a fluoridated tooth product. Without question, fluoride binding to hydroxyapatite of the tooth does make for an acid-resistant tooth, right? We'll give fluoride that. But I would ask people to consider what happens when your mucosa that is so highly absorptive in your mouth is absorbing all of that fluoride that you're exposing yourself at least twice a day. Just ask yourself if that's what you want. And I would encourage people to get on PubMed and do some Googling about fluoride exposure And neurological degradation. There are so many studies out there looking at mental health, neurological decline, and fluoride, particularly in children. And of course, who are we fluoridating by the pounds? Is children? I know it was true when I was in school, and same was true when my girls were in grade school. Like, oh, everybody's got to get their fluoride pills, right? And you could use the Environmental Working Group's app, their Healthy Living app, which allows you to scan barcodes at the store. It'll give you a relative risk number and you want to get it as low as possible. The other thing I would say is <laughs> how many times are you on TV and you're, you know, if you're watching a show and uh, some oral rinse product comes on, it might be like Crest. Again, I'm not picking on Crest. I'm just using it as an example. Power White, something, something. I mean, how in the heck did people 10,000 years ago maintain healthy mouths, no decay, healthy, wide bone, big airways, how did they have it right? And today with all these crazy products that we're supposed to believe we have to have, we're sicker than ever. I don't think anybody needs that stuff, especially with the blue dye number 40 or whatever the heck they're putting in this stuff. Scope, Listerine, nobody needs that stuff, but it's a multi-billion dollar industry because we get told by marketing groups and the supportive companies are like, oh, this will make you have the best life ever. Nobody needs that stuff. You know, you, God gave you saliva for a reason. Stimulate that, minimize your exposure to acidic beverages in particular, especially these days, right? Everything comes with a lid on it. When I was a kid, if you want to get a Coke at school, you got a can, you had to drink it quickly because you couldn't take it to class. The, the acceptance of all sorts of things was a lot different back then. And you couldn't eat in class. It was disrespectful you can't put a lid on your can of coke so you get rid of it quickly right and of course if the mouth is exposed to sugars and acids less it only makes sense that your saliva can buffer it get you back into a remineralizing phase sooner so i think some thoughtfulness is worthy of consideration there when you're thinking like what am i eating what am i drinking even though let's say my kombucha i've been told my gt's Uh, gingerade is the best thing since sliced bread for my gut health maybe (laughs) if i'm sipping on it and i've met people who've done this by the way it's like oh why are your teeth suddenly breaking down you haven't had cavities in a decade anything changed? oh you know and usually it's like finding a needle in a haystack to get to the bottom of it but oh gosh i have been sipping on uh and and again it could be anything but kombucha is a common one just because it's you know in fad right now And they open it up, take a sip, put the lid on it, stick it back in their car cup holder. Half an hour later, open it up, take another sip, and they're constantly in an acid bath all the time. So whether it's a product like Scope or Listerine that's also acidic, drying of the mouth from the alcohol, or a common product that you're sipping on, whether it's a sugary Frappuccino or kombucha or Diet Coke or lemon water, you know we expose our mouths to tons of degrading products every day. I think it's worthy of considering like, what would happen if I just had water? Water is better for practically everything in the health realm. So thankfully, at least in our practice, we see a lot of folks carrying around their own water bottles. They've come to that realization. So a lot of the products that are out there, like you might be told, oh, it's the coolest thing ever, but probably not.
0: So chug the pop, sip on the water is what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure your
1: your pancreas might have something else to say, (laughs) you know, which is also a totally different consideration, but we all have our our guilty pleasures, and that's okay. Having some treats and stuff, it's okay. It's just not something you want to do on the regular.
0: Right, those daily habits. Yeah, absolutely. So digging in a little deeper into oral health, not that we haven't dug deep, but most people, like you've alluded to, are familiar with gut health. They're familiar with the gut microbiome. Yep. But just based on some podcasts I've listened to and some books I've read, there's of course the oral microbiome. So, can you kind of just talk about the differences of the oral and the gut microbiome and then how they're similar?
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, keeping it simple is a great plan, right? Whether you're a professional or a layperson, like when we think of the GI tract, which for anybody who, would like more simple but beneficial information, pick up the book by Dr. Julia Enders called Gut. Simplest title ever, right? Gut. (laughs) I've had my whole team read it. It's a great, great book. I think she actually wrote it when she was in med school as a way of trying to explain to her friends the significance of gut health and how it all works. But what she starts with appropriately is that the mouth is the top part of that tube. Nothing's going to get into your stomach without passing through the mouth first. So the significance of who's living there and, of course, who lives there in terms of microbial balance is highly dependent on the environmental exposures. Are you a smoker? Uh, What are the foods that you eat? Are you eating a diet that is almost completely pre-processed out of tubes and bottles and cans? Or are you macerating your food? You chewing significantly and you know, like they used to do hundreds and hundreds of years ago. What is in your teeth? I mean, think about this one, right? Hot bowl of soup. Oh man, I can't wait. Super hot soup, delicious. Put that soup in there or that hot cup of coffee, maybe. The heat sits around your mercury fillings, increasing their temperature and their emission of elemental mercury vapor, which you now get the pleasure of breathing in. And swallowing. And if we don't think that that slow and low exposure of mercury in your gut flora is going to change everything about your body, honestly, right? You're going to absorb some, it's going to influence, particularly, you know, as the bacteria is that mercury gets exposed to the bacteria, becomes organic mercury compounds. Of course, it's going to irritate the gut. So there's an influence from one end to the other. And then we have resorption issues or absorption issues getting into the blood supply coming back to the teeth even, internally, right? We have blood flow inside the teeth. So I kind of, in my mind, I think quite visually, so I see this loop of we get exposed in the mouth, goes down to the gut, some of it goes out, some of it gets absorbed, some of it comes back to the teeth, through the saliva or through the blood supply to the teeth. And we want to be mindful of those connections. And here's an obvious one that we've all experienced, Sure, we have met friends along our journey in lives who have dark teeth. And they'll tell you a story about, well, you know, as a kid, my doc put me on tetracycline. And, you know, it's like, well, how the heck did your teeth get stained? Well, the blood supply, the body was absorbing that tetracycline, and it literally stained their teeth internally, which you can then see as dark stripes. You're like, wow. Yet, endodontists or a lot of general dentists will say, well, you know, there's no connection, right? I mean, whatever we do to the tooth, it doesn't matter. It's like, dude, that antibiotic stained a person's tooth. How can they not be connected? So I'm no gut health expert. I'm not an oral biofilm expert either. People can look up Dr. Kim Cooch if they want to talk more about that. And I would also recommend Dr. Stephen Lin's book, The Dental Diet. He's out of Australia. Fantastic book looking at oral microbiome, how it affects full body health, gut health, all that stuff. That's really, well, one of his areas of passion. It's a wonderful book. We look at it from the practical side in our practice. How do we observe the connectedness of what you're experiencing? So much so that it's taken me 20 years to get here, but we're currently connecting with and bringing on board a functional nutritionist within our practice. It's a new thing for us, but I have been referring patients to her for about two years now, and we're doing it at such a level where it's like, gosh, we just need to have you in the office, right? Because it makes it easier, particularly for our travel patients, to connect with her. So, you know, we are kind of walking out what we know to be true, that there is connection. And if so, well, let's get everybody under the same roof here, literally, so we can better serve our our patients.
0: And it just expedites the communication process between practitioners which is huge but i want to circle back quickly to the mercury and the mercury vapor you were alluding to you know with the hot beverages or or soups or what have you yeah and i've heard from multiple sources you know dr joe marcola and i believe dominic nishwitz which i saw you interviewed not too long ago yeah but they speak about how if you have metal in your mouth it's an antenna for emfs and in today's modern world we're surrounded by Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, but especially that thing we put by our ears to talk to people—that the metal in your yeah. mouth is actually an antenna when you're talking on the phone—and you just actually accentuate the mercury vapor whenever you are surrounded by EMFs close, or especially that cell phone.
1: Yeah, we came across some studies on that. It was either three or four years ago. You know, not brand new, but it's—it's it's, of course it takes time to do these studies as well, right? And you and I have grown up in this age where we probably remember not having cell phones. And then now it's like everybody apparently has one. And even though we get marketed to that 5G is the best thing ever, you know, it's going to make you the happiest human being or whatever. This stuff is absolutely has ramifications for our health. Mercury fillings being one. And I remember when I read that at the time, I've only had one filling in my life and it was a tiny filling in my upper right second molar. And I still had this small mercury filling in there. Not because I didn't want to have it removed, right? It's like literally when I work by myself for years, I just don't have time to manage it. <laughs> so finally I read, you know, I read that thing and I'm like, gosh, that really motivated me. And I don't put my phone up to my ear hardly anyway, but for decreasing risk, and we're just surrounded by more energetic interference. Like, okay, I want to get that out. And it has caused me to be more thoughtful about ever putting my phone up to my head. It's a little bit creepy. Bluetooth is you know similar similar concept. I really try to minimize that. But yeah, how how scary is that when people are on the phone and they have no idea? They might have 10 reasonably large mercury fillings, which by the way, for those people listening, you know, there's no known safe level of mercury. And in any given filling, like the average size dental filling in a premolar or or a molar, there will be, on average, a half a gram of elemental mercury so imagine if you had 10 fillings which we see every day you could have five grams of mercury which if you put that in the palm of your hand would be a huge puddle of elemental mercury and we're telling you it's fine right it's crazy even without the emf stuff (laughs) you know it's crazy but yeah that's just i mean literally it's like sticking a wireless amplifier uh, for mercury exposure to your head and increasing your risk of mercury absorption it's it's crazy Sounds like the best of all
0: worlds, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Can't potentially leech or uh, somehow get into your jawbone, which of course wreaks havoc on multiple other layers. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Considering the jawbone, I mean, I do want to mention the issue of oral cavitations. You hear this term, and it's kind of a weird term because in our world, like a cavity is something that's in a tooth, and we don't get taught about cavitations. We were talking about it earlier, right? If you remove a tooth, infection remains in the bone, the gum tissue closes over much more rapidly than the bone heals. If that traps in garbage into your jawbone, that will be a source of toxicity and energetic imbalance as long as it is is present. It also tends to be, because of its acidic nature, it tends to be a toxic waste dump. So if you're getting metals and all this that's absorbed through your gut, through your lungs, through your mucosa, I mean, we use all these avenues You start having a case of angina, you know, you throw your nitroglycerin under the tongue because you absorb it. We do this for, you know, thousands of patients and don't think twice about it. So, if we recognize that the mouth absorbs things, the gut absorbs things, the lungs absorb things, and we're constantly exposed, of course, you're going to absorb this stuff. And where is it going to go? It's going to go where it is most preferentially absorbed. That could mean these cavitation sites where there's literal attraction to that space. We also know that. These, you know, metallic ions love nerve tissue, fat-laden tissue, and they will literally degrade the fibrils of nerves and cause these lesions. I mean, we've known this stuff for 15, 20 years, but again, it's one of these things that's just conveniently ignored because you know what? Shoving a metal filling in is easy. You don't have to think about it. Functionally, it works. You can chew on it. So you got that. (laughs) It's a Band-Aid, right? Uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty scary one. Nicely put. Yep. Yep.
0: Clearly, there is a systemic ramification of your oral health. And going back to Dominic Nishwitz, I was listening to one of his inter- interviews recently, and I believe he said one of his mentors said that about seventy percent of chronic diseases start in your mouth. But then also, with my red light therapy background and uh, photobiomodulation mitochondria, I know that Dr. Doug Wallace, who's the top researcher in mitochondria in the world. He says that about 80 percent of modern diseases are due to mitochondrial dysfunction mm-hmm. so which one is I'm not saying which one is it but right is it mitochondrial health does it start in your mouth is it both yeah I
1: think it's absolutely both we sample our environments so much through our head through our nose our eyes and our mouth and our ears right I mean just talking about our senses I was actually thinking about this yesterday because you know in Portland we're still under this Mask mandate stuff, which I think, given the science, doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I was being respectful wearing my mask. And I came out of a, an environment where it really had these weird smells in the environment, but I couldn't smell it because I had a mask on. So then I'm thinking about, like, what am I rebreathing in my own breath? And what about people who have very unhealthy oral environments? And what's the cost health wise? of not being able to sample our environment through our mouths and our noses right now. It's like, nobody thinks about this stuff, right? still in this fear-based mentality. But I think it is both. I think that many of the things that we absorb, and we're not even talking about like the issue of healthful breathing. Are we nasal breathers, mouth breathers, what have you? But I think that it's all part of the same energetic human being. And I think we have to think whole body health Which is why, you know, as we look at like, why on earth would a dental practice spend so much money and literally design an entire room around a NovoThor bed? Well, because the mitochondria that we can help amplify their energy production affect the whole body. The mouth is connected to everything. So we want healthy people, not just healthy teeth and gums. Maybe they're just different lenses through which we're looking at the same thing it's a reflection, right? Like maybe somebody whose gums are inflamed also have highly dysfunctional mitochondria because it's the whole body saying, uh, not happy here. (laughs) I'm in a state of
0: dishealth." right? Or dis-ease. Well, I mean, kind of like the whole motif of this podcast with you. It's like, it's not just oral health. It's not just gut health. It's not just heart health. It's systemic. It's it's holistic. It's the entire body. It's the entire system. With that being said, the mitochondria is inside every single cell except red blood cells. So that kind of speaks to the power of the mitochondria being systemic as well. But of course the mouth and our oral health is not (laughs) separate from everything else. Like many of us were led to believe.
1: Sure. That's been drummed into us pretty strongly and it continues to do so. As I mentioned, like all the hate mail I got this week from just telling about somebody who by removing one dead tooth and the infection surrounding it, her life was changed drastically. I mean, She is so high on life now and she has been exhausted for a decade. Can you imagine that kind of a change? All from just taking out infection and helping her body to heal. And people want to naysay that. What's really toxic is the mindset that we think we have all the answers. And in fact, like if we're listening, people are gonna tell us their truth. And it's a matter of like, are we willing to acknowledge that maybe we don't know everything and maybe this person was sent here to teach me something.
0: Yeah, and it just perplexes me. Like you said, with that post, you got hate mail. I think it's one thing for people to say, I don't believe it. And that's fine. You know, everyone has their own opinion and their own uh, knowledge and background, but to go the step further and send hate mail, that's confusing. Like you said, that just speaks to the toxic mindset and just this environment we've been living in the past 14 months or so that just the fear is amplified. So probably the toxicity in our mind and the way we think in the box we're living in doesn't help the cause either. Yep. We would
1: call that a low level of energetic resonance. And that's not where I want to be, right? I want to live in truth and acknowledge
0: other people's truths and help support one another. 100%. So before we conclude with my last question, do you have any other ways that you use light in your practice? I know you mentioned the Novathor, it's essentially a tanning bed with red near infrared light. You have this product you send home with your patients to accelerate healing because it reduces inflammation, improves circulation, mitochondrial energy. Is there anything yeah. else you do? And then you have that cancer uh, screening device. Uh, yeah. uh, what are the other ways that you integrate light?
1: Light. Oh yeah, absolutely. Gosh, it's been 19 years now that we have used light. My foot in the door here was through using infrared diode and free-running pulse lasers to treat inflamed gums, and specifically. Targeting the bacteria that inflamed gums. So that was 2002. Following that, we got what's called a water laser, which is an erbium based laser. And now we have like four of those things. I mean, like, let's say we want to make an incision in tissue. You could easily get a scalpel and just cut it. But we understand that that typically creates a pretty high level of inflammatory response, it just creates pain for the patient. So Dr. Nisha and I, my my partner and I are always looking at like, how can we use light to do this, especially using Erbium-based lasers, which are highly absorbed by water. And you know, what has water, you name it in the mouth, the whole thing's wet, right? I mean, bone, gums, tooth. And what's cool is that you can use light to ablate or remove decay in a tooth, gum issues that are inflamed or overgrown. And depending on how you use that light, You can control the bleeding dynamics. I mean, it's fascinating. It is an art and a practice. Like you never get perfect at it. And it's just something I love doing because patients have no post-treatment sensitivity, right? So, I mean, all of our hygienists have lasers to use in conjunction with the therapies that they're providing. And I do want to add this because it's also along the lines of energy is we also use ozone in so many modalities. And I mentioned it because they go hand in hand with the light and energized oxygen. I mean, talk about two things we couldn't get enough of, right? Who doesn't love a walk on a sunny day out in like whether the woods or whatever, fresh air, or maybe even after a rainstorm and you get that ozone in the air, that cleansing feeling of sunlight and fresh air. That's healthy for everybody. It should make sense that if we apply that therapeutically in the mouth, it's probably going to create better results than grinding teeth way, or we're using electrosurge where you're burning gums. So like I mentioned, we have about 12 different light emitting devices and they all do different things. I'm positive we will invest in more in the future because we love this stuff, right? And we're constantly learning and sharing, honestly. I mean, like I said, we just went through my whole protocol of how I extract teeth. That's the result of 20 years of consistently caring about how people heal. I get the, a lot of dentists go, that's so stupid. I could just put a force up on it and yank it out. It's like, okay, you know, it's a human being, right? They're going to have to go through a healing process here. But yeah, lasers are integral. I often will joke with patients and team members and say, you know, if you took all my lasers and light devices, I would go do something else. It would take the joy out or part of the joy out of it. So yeah, low-level laser therapy or what's now called photobiomodulation is one of the most awesome therapies we have used over the past 20 years. I read Laser Therapy by Tuner and Hodes back in 2001 before I bought my first laser. Because so I'm like, well, I want to see if there's any validity to this. And that was 2001, right? The book was published in the mid-90s. At that time, it reviewed 30 plus years Of scientific evidence of benefits of doing photobiomodulation. And I was like, I am in. I don't totally get how it works, but clearly it it works, right? And you know, fast forward two decades, and now we've got, you know, at least eight devices in the office that you know allow us to practice photobiomodulation. And we do it all the time. People love it. So great.
0: Not just has your use increased, but the research comprising photobiomodulation, but I'm sure oral health as well, has just been exponential. So I did a quick research for one of my earlier podcasts where I looked at different segments of time just to see how much research there was for photobiomodulation. And it basically went from 19 to 1950, 1900 to 1950. I think there was like maybe 30 articles from 1950 to 2000. There was like 300 or something. And then from 2000 to 2010, there was like 3000. And then 2010 to present day, there's like 11,000. So it's just been wow. exponential. And I think this speaks to... The power of it, the awareness, and just how widespread light can be for improving healing in so many aspects. And so, from your point of view, a lot of it sounds like it's post surgical, or you could even use it pre surgical, almost like as a a precondition the body to be healed, to be healthy as possible going into the surgery. And then, of course, post surgery for the healing process. I mean, even 2000, I mean, that's very early on. So, you were pretty leading edge, cutting edge two decades ago, and it's obviously built up to what it is today. And I don't think you'd still be using it if it didn't work right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. The proof's in the pudding. I mean, when you've got patients that just are, they're raving about their experience, you know, how do you argue with that? They're going to tell you whether it worked or it didn't, but you're absolutely right. And I love what you were saying there about the preconditioning. So part of our therapies, and again, this has been something that's developed over time is we'll do a series of ozone injections and light therapy to help stimulate lymphatic drainage, you know, get things moving. You could do the best extraction protocol in the world, but if the body can't clear away the stuff that's there through your lymphatics, or let's say, you know, your liver is not draining well, or, you know, because you don't need a healthy diet, blah, blah, right, again, the whole, the whole body concept here, you're not going to heal as well. So whatever we can do to help things get to moving, which is why we want people to connect with functional nutritionists and such on the front end, when we're meeting them as new patients, so we can ensure that all the body systems are working as well as possible so that they can tolerate the dental procedures that we may need to do.
0: Totally. One question before we get to this last one. I said that before, but I'm saying it again. <laughs> um, the device that you give to your patients that you send them home with, is that something that's external to their mouth and jaw or is it inside their mouth?
1: Yeah, it's external. It's called a MedLite 630. It's a a wonderful device, it's very inexpensive. you know we're not sending them home with a $10,000 laser or anything like that. but you know for one or two hundred dollars, right? I mean we buy these things by the couple of dozen at a time. We literally have a little space in the office where we just stack these boxes. And I would say probably at least half of the people just decide like, oh I just want to keep it, I love it. you know and it becomes their introduction into photonic therapy. So they get to use it for free for a couple of weeks. So if they decide they love it, great. Just spend the $150 or whatever and you can keep it. It's a real game changer. They just stick it on the outside of their cheek. Uh, we might have them do it down the lymphatic chain, down their neck. Wonderful, wonderful non-invasive way of helping the body heal itself.
0: That's awesome. Not only are you healing them, it's like you're sharing your passion for life therapy and exposing it to, <laughs> to more people. Yeah. So hopefully they integrate it into their life. Um, Absolutely. After working with you. And is that med light? Is it red, or red. and or near infrared? It's
1: just a red. It's it's a six hundred and thirty nanometer device. You know, again, nothing nothing super fancy. It, and what it, are it, you it,
0: using it for mostly? Is it post surgical stuff like gums, teeth? Is it kind of just everything?
1: Yeah, pretty much anything that would potentially cause an inflammatory response. I mean, we wouldn't normally do it for like fillings, just because of the protocols that Dr. Nish and I practice. It is such a rarity that anybody ever has a sensitive tooth. Ozone, air abrasion, we're so kind to to tissues that they don't get grumpy. But if there were tooth sensitivity, you certainly could use, we'd probably do some in the office using infrared light and then support it at home with some red light. And it seems to help.
0: Yeah. Like you said, the proof is in the pudding, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Well, Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you. You're obviously a wealth of knowledge. It's amazing what you're doing over the past two decades, building up to what you have today. I can't wait to see what it looks like in another decade. But again, your patients are lucky to have someone like you on board who's so invested in, in their health and their healing process. And so I just want one last question for you. You bet. For the listeners listening, what's the number one thing you would tell them to do today To help them, you know, start optimizing their oral health.
1: Great question. So I find my answer to that to probably be a little bit outside the box. Perfect. What I would encourage people to do is to find space in their lives for self-care. And what I mean by that is like in this life of like crazy energetic disturbance, whether it's the running around you're doing, all the Wi-Fi you're surrounded by, like all this stuff, just feeling kind of anxious. Find that parasympathetic state, whether it's go sit in a chair in the yard in the sun for 15 minutes, read a book that is fulfilling to your soul for a period of time, find that rest and digest state. Because when people are in the sympathetic state where it's, you know, fight or flight all the time, it shuts down your saliva. I mean, it has literal oral health impacts, but it has whole whole body impacts as well. So relax, find space for yourself to care for yourself. That's probably going to do more for your entire body health. And part of that's photonic, right? Get out in the sun, go for a walk, walk your dog. If you have a dog or just go for a walk for yourself, listen to a great podcast that fills you up. You know, I think something like that is, and do that on the daily is going to have more of an impact for your oral health than, you know, any flossing technique or, (laughs) you know, any new toothpaste. So yeah, just give yourself some time and space to be
0: healthy. I love that answer. A holistic answer from a biologic dentist. Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, again, guys, hope you enjoyed this podcast and learned a lot. Again, Kelly, appreciate your time amongst your busy schedule. This is Dr. Mike Belkowski signing off from the Red Light Report. Hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for for listening listening to to the Red Light Light Report. Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, BioLight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.